CCR number 102 for March 10th, 2010. Y'all ready for this? This edition of Cat Crave Radio was brought to you by the Panthers Outlaw Forum, the place for uncensored, no-holds-barred Carolina Panthers discussion. If you're ready for an honest discussion of your Carolina Panthers, visit the Panthers Outlaw Forum at sillyangel.proboards.com. I'm ready to go, baby. D'Angelo Williams, left side crowded, goes up the middle, 50-yard line, he's in the clear, this has got potential, 40, 35, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Still on a mission, though, still on a mission. We're going to find out how far we can push ourselves. Jake DeLong going Steve Smith, left side, caught for a touchdown! Keep the dream alive, baby! Welcome to the show dedicated to covering the Carolina Panthers. This is Cat Crave Radio. Coming up in this episode, Nick Yeoman is back to provide the fans' perspective. Darren Gant of the Charlotte Observer and Rock Hill Herald updates us on the team's roster moves and will be speaking to our new starting quarterback, Matt Moore. I don't know whether there's a harder decision that I faced in my career. Um, The guys, you know, he's been spectacular for us. You know, he's, he's a kind of player and uh, person that we look for so um, you know he's it's it's hard not to get emotional when you talk about because he's just he's he, you know he just epitomizes everything we want and he's um, he's been an excellent player for us he's been a leader um, he is uh, you know everybody talks about role models and and you know I don't know whether you can get a better role model for your children than Jake DeLone. So, um, you know, again, it, it's we, we struggled with this one a lot. And um, it's uh, we got to the point where, you know, we just made the decision that, that Matt would be um, number one and that it was just um, that, that to move forward at that spot that it was time. But I don't think, uh, I don't think there's ever been a harder decision that, that we've made here. You know, when, when I signed here in 03, uh, I wanted a chance to play quarterback in the NFL. Um, I got that chance, and uh, I think I made the most of it. You know, I um, I ran with it, and uh, we had a good run. Six out of my seven years here playing have been outstanding. You know, it's um, it's been a great run. I'm leaving, I just want to get it out there, I'm leaving with no animosity whatsoever. With those words, a new era began for the Carolina Panthers. Welcome to another edition of Cat Crave Radio. I'm John White. Thanks for making us a part of your day. The organization is moving from the Jake DeLome era to the Matt Moore era. The youngster will have his time under center in 2010. Meanwhile, Jake DeLome says goodbye to the city where he, as he put it, went from being a nobody to a starting NFL quarterback. Changes continued. Niall Diggs, Landon Johnson, Ma'aki Kimoyatu, Damian Lewis, well, they were all handed their walking papers. Then on Monday of this week, another favorite was sent home. After playing all 10 of his NFL seasons in a Panthers uniform, Brad Hoover is now unemployed. Has the torch been passed? Is this a youth movement? Is it the beginning of a season in which the team will be playing it cheap due to the lack of a CBA? Well, before we can answer those questions, the team had to attempt to protect their free agents. 
and that's Thomas Davis and Matt Moore who were given level 5 tenders worth a first and a third round selection. Second round tenders were placed on Richard Marshall, Lewis Leonard, and Jeff King, while original round tenders were given to C.J. Wilson, Tank Tyler, and James Anderson. The team did add a free agent this week in wide receiver Wallace Wright from the Jets. He's a special teamer who had eight catches in 2009. The work at B of A isn't finished. This offseason of change is just getting started. Yeah, I mean, anytime <clears throat> you, know, you get a guy like Jake that's, uh, you know, spent eight years doing everything uh, perfectly right, whether it's uh, in the community, uh, in that locker room, on the field, um, you know, it's an eight-year friendship that, you know, a head coach and a quarterback are pretty tied, and uh, uh, we both had some good success, um, you know, uh, an old wise football man once told me that, uh, you know, what happens within, in professional football is you kind of uh, aren't like quite as much 10% a year. And um, I think it's wrong true for me, and, and uh, I know it's wrong true for him. Uh, but he's done great things uh, for this team. Two championship games, a Super Bowl, almost comeback victory, uh, 76 wins in eight years. You know, I'm not sure I've had any more respect for an NFL football player than Jake DeLong. And welcome to the Panther Preview. Talk about a sad time. Big change. Lots of stuff going on. We had a, we got a, wait, a crying head coach, a crying general manager, a crying quarterback. It's a, a very emotional time at Bank of America Stadium. Joining us, and who knows, maybe he's going to cry with us. It is Yeoman. Yeoman was up. Well, I'm good, John. I have no reason to cry because I'm not above the age of 30. I'm only 22 years old, so I think I'm safe, right? I think you're safe, and I am now probably out looking for a job as an analyst with ESPN. But, you know, with the last player over the age of 30, please turn out the lights on your way out the door. You know? I mean, this is, it seems to me like, it seems to me like it's, um, hey, hey, how are you? You doing okay today? Thought I'd give you a call and see how things are going. How are their wife and kids? By the way, you turned 30 yesterday. Goodbye. Is that is that what it looks like to you? Boy, it, it, it kind of does. It's unbelievable, I mean, how they are just shuffling out these guys, especially some of them that have been with the team for quite a long time, have contributed in many different ways, and, uh, and all of a sudden it's like, you know, once you hit that age limit, it's youth movement time, and let's shuffle you right out the door. Thanks for all you've done. Um, it's a bit confusing. It's a bit frustrating because they've got some money to spend after they let Julius Peppers walk, and they're not using it to go out and get you know younger, hot free agents or to bring back these older veterans. While other teams are going out and spending money, and uh, it's 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 frustrating. It's mind-boggling, and it's one that I think there's probably a bigger plan there. Jerry Richardson's got something up his sleeve, and and he knows something we don't because it is it's confusing right now. Well, I'm going to start with the first probably the most emotional part of all of this uh, the part that happened late last week and that's Jake we'll we'll get to everyone else after this but that really is where it all got going right after they tendered all these players namely Thomas Davis and Matt Moore who got the level five uh, tender as restricted free agents a first and a third and over three mils so they got to be happy but then Jake is gone they make the announcement that they have released Jake DeLome. They come along, make their very emotional announcement. Jake comes in, does his thing. Okay, 
I'm going to ask you this, and, and I think I know or I have a feeling what um, what you might say about this. First, are you glad Jake is gone? Obvious question. And then obvious question number two, how do you, how do you feel about the way they handled it? Well, I I am happy that, that that Jake's gone. I mean, it was it was time. You could see it on the field that uh, that his skills had diminished. I mean, he, I, does he still have some left in the tank? We'll find out. I think somebody's going to jump on it and and, uh, and bring him to the team and bring him to another team and let him play. But it was time to move on. I mean, you have to push those memories to the side. It's great what he's done for this organization, but it's time to move forward. And and with how he had played in the last year and a half, it was time to move on from the Jake Delhomme era. Did the franchise handle it right? I don't know. I mean, Jake said it himself in his press conference. He was blindsided. They gave him the extension. So, you know, it certainly looked like, well, if you're going to give him, you know, $12 million guaranteed, you might as well keep him around as a backup quarterback. And, and I believe Jake when he said, you know, he, he wouldn't have liked being a backup quarterback, but he wouldn't be a distraction. So I don't know if the team handled this right or not. Uh, I mean, I understand why they did it. It's an uncapped year. You're heading into an uncapped year. So get that money off your books so you don't have to take that cap hit. But uh, it's still it's a little confusing because then you let A.J. Feely go, and then he signed with St. Louis. And now is Josh McCown the guy at back as the backup quarterback? I, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I would have liked to keep Jake DeLome around as a backup quarterback. But uh, it was it was pretty clear, you know, by the end of the season with how he was playing that, that the Jake DeLome era needed to come to an end. Yeah, I kind of agree. i got to say that if it's about – Jake and his skills and whether he could get the job done or not yeah I think it was time to go and sometimes you just have to cut bait move along but I I don't know I mean it really is only one other way that you could have handled this and you know you and I've talked about this uh, and we'll talk to Darren later he kind of agrees in some ways that there was no better way to do this except you just didn't sign the guy to the five-year deal and you let it expire at the end of the 2009 season and then you could say sorry Jake, it's been real, it's been fun, but we're just not going to, you know, let's not negotiate a new one. But, I mean, I think we kind of all agree that, you know, Jake's skills had had diminished, and if it was over, it was over, so time to move on. I'm just not crazy about how they handled it. But speaking about about things that they're not handling so well, one-off season, we're all just crowing like crazy. Look at this, we're bringing back 20 out of 22 starters from a 12-4 and team. Now we've lost our entire defensive line. Chemo, gone. Damian Lewis, gone. Julius, gone. Tyler Brayton, apparently now gone because he's been shopping around. So, good Lord, who's left? I mean, even Niall Diggs, one of our one of our starting outside linebackers, gone. I mean, it, it, either you've got too much salary coming your way or, you know, the calendar's turned too many times for you. I, I don't know what they're doing. What is the point with all this? I don't know. I mean, there, there appears to be no plan as to how they want to approach it, especially on the defensive side of the ball in the box. You know, I, I understand a few of the releasings. I mean, letting Chemo go, I mean, a big man, is that Achilles tendon going to hold up? Who knows? It was probably time for Chemo. There was a lot of question marks, and, and the team probably knew better than us whether he was healthy or not. And I understand allowing Landon Johnson to go because he had not produced at all in a Carolina Panther uniform. But, yeah, I mean, to let Damian Lewis go, that's probably one of the biggest head-scratchers of all the, the, the releasings. I mean, I understand, you know, Chemo and Lewis. I even understand Jake DeLone to an extent. But Damian Lewis is a guy, you know, he's the most veteran defensive tackle on that line. 
He was he was giving you solid seasons year in year. Nothing flashy, nothing explosive. I mean, he wasn't making big plays, but he was consistent. And now you've got to rely on Lewis Leonard and Tank Tyler and Ed Johnson, guys who who have not played much in a Carolina Panther uniform. I don't know what the direction they're going. I mean, the defensive end spot now, if they don't bring Tyler Brayton back, I don't know what they're doing because once you let Julius Peppers go, your defensive ends, I mean, there's no skill there. you got to rely a lot on Charles Johnson and, uh, and Everett Brown. So it's, it's confusing, man. I don't know what they're doing with this defensive line because there certainly appears to be no plan and no experience from a year ago. Yeah, they keep talking about the younger players. The younger players are going to have to step up, and they're going to take care of those younger players. And apparently, eventually, they'll take care of a guy like Thomas Davis after he plays out his one year at three mil after the tender. But the thing that probably happened in all of this, if I'm upset about anything, I'm upset about this one thing. I mean, you think about it. In the last 10 years, there have been some sure things. Things you could always count on. Jack Bauer kicking ass. I mean, Miley Cyrus's overbite. I mean, you choose the checkout line at the grocery store. That seems to be the slowest moving line. And there's one other thing, and that's Brad Hoover. And to see him go, I mean, Jake gave us seven years. And as good as he was at times, there's nobody like Hoove. Hoove's been with us for ten years, same length of time Mike Minner was with us, and has proven that you know, if he's in there, the running game clicks. If he's not in there, we suck. So, I mean, to see him go, age or not, I don't know that Tony Fiametta can get the job done. He's too young. He's too inexperienced. This one, talk about scratching your heads. I mean, I don't know what is going on, but Hoover, no way. This, this to me, made no sense whatsoever. No, it, that, it's, that's the, it's the biggest, most confusing decision this team's made in years. And, and we've talked, it's not a money issue. That's the thing. I mean, Jake DeLone letting him go, you want to get him off the books. Damian Lewis was going to make a lot of money. Brad Hoover wasn't expecting to make a lot of money. I mean, he wasn't even expecting to make over a million dollars. And you've got a guy who, and the strength of this team is running the football. I mean, the offensive line is solid. You've got two great top ten running backs in the league. And now you mess it up by throwing away a fullback and it's not for money simply because of age. I mean, we, we talked about it in Brad Hoover, the back injury. Was he declining? Probably a bit. But Tony Fiametta is not ready uh, to play a fullback in this league, especially to block and open up holes for guys like D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart. And the only question that I have is, is when, when's Brad Hoover's press conference going to be? When's the organization going to come out and thank Brad Hoover for all he's done for this team? It's a head-scratcher. I don't understand it. It's a move that I don't think needed to be done. And uh, I really think the Panthers, we're going to see, you know, next season, game two, game three, if this running game struggles, and it's because D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart can't bounce to that second level quickly, it's going to be because they don't have Brad Hoover out there sealing a linebacker, sealing a defensive end to let them get to the second level. It's, it's confusing, John. You want to see me cry? Not only let Brad, Brad Hoover go, but then, you know, Jack Bauer's going soft next. So, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't. I don't understand it. I mean, uh, to me, he was one of those. He was the unsung hero of the team. If you asked anybody, ask a Jordan Gross. I mean, the guy's an All Pro. Ask him. You want to know what makes the running game go? It's number forty-five. And without forty-five, you know, we don't do the job. So I don't know. I, I'm with you, and I, I I agree. Where was his press conference? But look at it this way. The bright side is we did sign. Uh, uh yeah, Wallace uh Wallace Wright who who? Yeah, yeah, 
yeah, Wallace Wright and Lewis Leonard. You know, yeah, I, I don't know who these guys. I don't know who Wallace Wright is. I, he's a special teamer for the Jets. I guess he he's been a solid special teams player. And the Panthers, sir, I guess they need help there. But it's how in the world are the Panthers just going to sit back and let so many veterans and so many guys that have done so much for you? And then uh, kind of slap the fans in the face by saying, "Oh, look, we are spending some money. We went out and got this guy." I, I don't know. I, I don't know much about this guy. I hope it works out for the best, and maybe he'll be a surprise. But uh, this, this this off season, I guess they're always adventures. But this one hasn't been the type of adventure I think Panthers fans have been looking for. Yeah, and I'm okay with signing guys for the special teams as long as you're waiting until about week two, week two and a half of free agency then maybe go after those guys but if you want to stick around maybe come back in a minute and and sort of look ahead to see where in the world we might go after all this yeah sure thing all right and coming up don't forget we do have that conversation with our new apparently our new starting quarterback matt moore we talked to him right after he got that tender offer the guy was in a pretty darn good way that day. He was in a great mood. Uh, we'll be talking to Darren Gant and Nick and I, as we said, are going to come back and look at where the team stands and where we might be headed. Like us? Hate us? Tell us why at catcraveradio at gmail.com. That's catcraveradio at gmail.com. More CCR right after this. The Fansided.com Sports Network. You play to win the game. Where diehard fans dish out nonstop news and views on their favorite teams. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Fandom has no offseason. So he sucks you guys right in. So consider yourself sucked. Neither do we. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown them. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Fansided.com, the number one pro sports blog network on the internet. We have been accused of having a bias for the Carolina Panthers. Guilty as charged. CCR continues. And welcome back to the Panther Preview. There's less to preview now because there are fewer players. Still with us is uh, Nick Yeoman. Mr. Yeoman, it appears to me, after Hoove is gone, Jake is gone, Damian Lewis is gone, it looks like maybe Moose is gone... The list goes on and on and on. It's a long and distinguished list. I guess the youth movement has begun. But here's my question. Youth has to be served. It's a young man's game, to quote John Fox. I have to agree with that. But what good is youth without having the veterans next to them to say, now look, kid, here's how you do this. Well, yeah, yeah, you, it, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, youth, is, it's worthless if you don't have a few veterans to, to sprinkle in that leadership, unless you really think you've got, you know, some proven young players. I, I understand when, when teams say, okay, we got to get younger. You know, you, you always have to. You always have to address that. You always have to get younger and better and more athletic at positions. But you just don't do it the way the Panthers have done it this offseason by cutting everybody left and right. And you especially don't do it at, at positions like defensive tackle and defensive end where, where you're weak as it is right now. So, you know, I, I completely understand the youth movement. I understand why teams have to get younger. But why the Panthers are doing it now is beyond me. And, and the question as to, to what the plan is is, is really the million-dollar question. And you got Tank Tyler, who I guess you're going to rely on, who didn't play a great deal for you last year. Looked like a rental player, possibly, but you thought, well, okay, if he's the future, that's fine. Even he is a free agent, restricted, but still a, a free agent right now. And then you've got, uh, you know, a youth movement going on. And, and I'm fine with the youth movement, like I said. And I, I think most of us are, as long as it makes you better. 
Here's the question, though. How do you complete a youth movement? Look at the last two years. Yes, we got, you know, Otah and we got Stewart in the same draft, and, and I don't think I would give that back in a million years. But because you have traded from, you know, you, you've kind of mortgaged the future a little bit to pick up those extra players, now we've got very few draft picks. So we make the Everett Brown deal last year in the draft. Now we can come into this draft with very few picks. I don't understand how we're going to complete a youth movement without a lot of draft picks, especially in those first two days. It, it, so to me, it looks like maybe their plan, well, I, there's a big hole in it. I think that shoots a big hole in it to me. Uh, I mean, what, what do you think? Yeah, no, I would love to. I'd love to sit down with John Fox and Marty Hurdy and ask him. Okay, right now, is this team better than what they were two weeks ago? And if not, because the answer is certainly no. How are you going to do it without any draft picks? I mean, I, everyone's saying, okay, you got to be patient because the Panthers will probably they will make some move in free agency. They'll get some second tier younger guys and start building a core, and then maybe you can pick up and steal a couple guys, some late-round draft picks. But that's just not how you go about building a team. That's not how you get the fans, you know, build any confidence towards the fans that, hey, we're going to do this youth movement thing and it's going to work. This team's still got plenty of talent. I mean, the stars on this team are the young players, John Beeson, D'Angelo Williams, Jonathan Stewart. I mean, these are the stars of this team. But you just can't sit here and tell me that uh, that this team is better than they were a couple weeks ago with all these guys that, that were above the age of 30 still on the team. So yeah, I don't know how you go about it. And you bring up the draft. I mean, that's going to be interesting. You just you love to build to the draft. And this team has certainly done that in the last four or five years. But without a first-round pick, do you move back up to get a first-round pick and mortgage next? years i don't know i mean that, that's the plan that, that john fox marty herney and the organization are gonna have to have to think pretty hard about but uh, you can't sit here and tell me that that this team's any better than they were a couple weeks ago and that, that addressing it with the few draft picks that they have is going to help tremendously okay before anybody thinks that i'm actually serious here okay tongue-in-cheek but steve smith pack your bags you're over 30 you know i mean i, I don't know if you're over 30 we know you're gone, so uh, we've we've let these guys all go. We know Julius and that you know this huge number that was going to be out there, whether he would have come back and played or not. Who cares? Go on and just just go to the Windy City and disappoint some other fans, please, and keep your mouth shut. We don't want to hear it. And I don't know what what in the world that was he had on, but it looked like something out of the I don't know. It looked like he went to Goodwill when he bought his clothes for that press conference. It's another story, but. I'm sorry, despite the Julius thing, to put that aside for a minute, the $21 million or whether he would have played for, you know, 15 mil a year, whatever that was, we're still, it looks to me like we're just dropping salary after salary after salary, getting ready for 2011 because nobody knows what's going to happen. Will they play? Won't they play? Will there be a lockout? Won't there be a lockout? It looks to me like and I know this is coming up again later with Darren Gant. I'm going to bring it up to him, but I'm kind of feeling like the Florida Marlins here. I think we're playing this thing on the cheap. What about you? Uh, it, it's so hard to tell. I mean, because you, you, the, the, we haven't seen you know teams in this league faced with this kind of predicament in, in quite a while. It's tough to tell. We've never seen an uncapped year. We've never seen you know headed into a strike in this modern era. So it's tough to tell if the Panthers are becoming the Florida Marlins of the NFL and, and, you know, just dumping off all the high salaries and trying to get young talent to build it back up. Um, I just think Jerry Richardson, we all know how, you know, how in-depth he is and how much work he does with the owners and representing the owners. It just, 
boy, it just looks like he sees something ahead. You know, he sees that 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 iceberg ahead, and he's trying to do what he can and what he thinks will be best for. I don't know if it's the long term future of his team or maybe for the the short term future of his team, but it just appears that that he sees something out there and that uh, he's preparing this organization to maybe stay afloat and survive if we have a lockout or a strike. It, it's interesting though. It. I, I'm not sure what they're trying to do, though. Well, if he's trying to keep Rose from floating on that door in the middle of the uh, the northern Atlantic Ocean, I'm okay with that. But the problem is, I mean, if he protects the other owners, that means he's going to play their side against the players, which means you're almost guaranteeing yourself a lockout. So instead of planning for what you think is the inevitable, how about avoiding what could be the inevitable and sit down and negotiate? I mean, I'm sorry, but that's that's me. Uh, I love Jerry Richardson. I love the guy. I think he's 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 been great for the game. But instead of playing a side here, instead of trying to say, I'm with the owners and I'm going to do what's best for the league, how about do what's best for the sport and for the game and sit your butts down, all of you, the, the, the players and, and the union and the owners, and negotiate a brand new CBA. I don't care what it takes. You've got a year to get this done. Quit planning for a lockout or a strike. And get your butts to a negotiating table, sit down, quit all this posturing, quit trying to dump salaries, and negotiate. If you don't, there won't be any football. And you want to talk about ruining a sport? Well, look at the NHL. Uh, NASCAR's losing it because they don't they don't seem to have their act together either. If you don't think fans will, will leave you in a heartbeat, think again, my friend, because they will. I mean, to me, it looks like you're planning for the inevitable, you're planning to fail, and if that's what you're doing, you will. No, you're right, and you're right, and I, I'm so sick of hearing about, oh, they have a year to get this done. Oh, they had a year and a half to get this done. I mean, that's great if you're starting to put this timetable on how much time, but why are they not making any steps to getting it done? And you mentioned in the NFL, it's the top sporting league in America right now, maybe the world as far as the money that's brought in. You just you can't mess this up. You, you would think it'd be foolproof, but uh, I'll be darned if the players and the owners are doing their best. It's It's confusing. Uh, it's tough to see older players go. I don't know if it's for the better for this organization long term or not. I mean, I know youth has to be served, but uh, it's just got a lot of people scratching their heads. And, and to see other teams, the frustrating part is you know you've got that cash there in an uncapped year, and the Panthers aren't going out and spending it. I mean, they're getting Wallace right. I mean, how much is that going to help this team? And you're having to say goodbye to some, you know, some big name veteran players just because they're making a million dollars too much. Uh, it's it's confusing, and I, I just I don't know if there's an answer to it. I think a lot of writers, a lot of uh, you know the television personalities, everyone's trying to figure this out because so many different teams are heading in different directions and how they handle this. Uh, but the Panthers certainly seem to be uh, be comfortable sitting pat and letting veteran guys go and not going out and spending a lot of money. And I know we're running a little long here, but I, I still think there's one other question that that you know something that a topic we need to bring up. We've got a coach who's on the last year of his deal. I know that upset him, probably pissed him off terribly because you don't re-up him for another two or three years and extend him. Same thing goes for your general manager. They're both sitting ducks, lame ducks, if you will. So, okay, they're the ones making the decisions unless they're getting pressure from upstairs. That we don't know and probably never will. But if you want job security, does it not seem to you like you keep a few guys around to help out in the locker room where you don't have to coach everybody all the time? I mean, it seems to me like they're being set up to fail. Yeah, and, I, and, that's, and that's why I wonder how much of the decisions to let these veteran players go 
are Marty Herney and John Foxes because yeah, you're setting them up. They're setting themselves up to fail if they're certainly the ones making those decisions. That's why I think it's probably coming from the higher ups. It's probably the big cats saying we got to go with the youth movement, and it has to be frustrating for Herney and Fox to sit here and know okay, kind of a lame duck situation. And uh, we've got one year to get it done, and we've got to rebuild and do this youth movement thing. So, uh, yeah, it's that that part's confusing as well. And, and right now, boy, I, I think Josh Fox has got to be thinking that seat's getting awfully hot. Absolutely. Well, you do want to come back. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen in the next week. But if you want to come back next week, I know we're a little far out there, maybe a little over a month. But we'd plan to do this this week and do five best and five worst draft picks in team history. But... If you want, maybe if nothing happens much, we can come back next week and talk about that. Do you want to do that? Yeah, sure thing. It sounds great. Uh, it's funny you brought that up. I mean, you and I were, were wondering, you know, okay, what's going to happen with this team this past week? And, and sure enough, it's been one of the most uh, interesting and intriguing weeks we've ever had. Yeah, the best laid plans here. We plan to do it, and then boom, you know, Jake is gone. You know, Hoove is gone, among others. And so that, that sort of put that on the sidelines. But we'd, uh, we look forward to having you back next week, Nick. I appreciate it. It's been good. And don't forget the newsletter. Please sign up for the newsletter. I, I, I sent out the newsletter last week. I tell you all about the five worst, five best draft picks, and now the things have changed. Yes, I, I know, and I'm, I apologize for that. Things happen. But go to catcraveradio.com. Click on the newsletter link at the top of the page. You'll get like a three-entry form that comes up. You fill that out. It's only going to take you like 45 seconds. It's a very quick process. Click submit, and that's that. And every Thursday normally, Thursday or Friday, we send out the newsletter and we'll keep you updated on all the stuff that's going on. Again, go to catcraveradio.com, go to the top of the page, click newsletter, and get yourself subscribed. We are CCR. Right now, let's bring in Darren Gant of both the Charlotte Observer and the Rock Hill Herald. Darren, how are you? And uh, are you tired of running down stories? Hey, it's uh, it's that time of year, you know. It's part of what makes this job fun. So it's been, uh, suffice it to say, it's been an interesting, what's that, uh, 72, 96 hours for the Carolina Panthers. Basically, if you're over 30 and making more than a million dollars a year, if they ask you to come by the stadium, I would uh, get a cold if I were you because it's um, it's approaching purge at this point. You know, obviously the big news from last Friday was Jake DeLong last Thursday night. You know, word, start, word started getting out on Jake earlier in the day, you know, after he had been told. And then you could tell something was going on just by talking to his teammates. So it's, um, you know, that was the big one. But then, again, when you put it together with Damian Lewis, Marque Kamoyatu, Landon Johnson, Niall Diggs, you know, and then on Monday, you know, as we sit here talking about 2 o'clock Monday afternoon, Brad Hoover, you know, it's um, you know it's approaching purge status, suffice it to say. And, well, and that sound you're you're hearing crying in the background isn't necessarily John Fox, <laughs> my son Sam, who's a little cranky at the moment. But uh, uh, other than that, everything seems to be good. Well, it seems to me that every time they've made a move, it's been somebody that's you know on that wrong side of thirty, which is I think how Chris Harris. Well, at least, he at least hinted at that on Twitter, but. Okay, so Brad Hoover being the latest, I could see if it's the age. If if you're if you're looking at at going younger, they certainly did at quarterback because you know Jake is 35, Matt Moore, well he's not. Uh, that, but Brad Hoover, he's your only proven fullback, and the guy's only due well he's due shy of a million bucks even with his roster bonus. So 
This is a, for me, this one really is seriously a head-scratcher. Well, I, I think the one thing you can say, I mean, if if you're the Carolina Panthers and you're looking to justify all these moves, and, and certainly I wouldn't be so bold, but the thing you say about each of the six is they've got younger, cheaper replacements on hand. Now, are those guys as good as or better? In most cases, uh, the answer to that would be no. I mean, I think there are a couple of those guys, as you look at and say, okay, well, you can plug X in for Y, and keep on trucking, but it, a lot of these moves are hard to stomach from a football standpoint, and, you know, based on what we saw Tony Fiametta last year, you know, if they'd have done this a year ago, I, I think it would have been a disaster. I mean, Fiametta proved a couple of times he was in there on offense that, you know, being an NFL fullback's an acquired, you know, skill. It's just, you know, it took Brad Hoover four or five years to learn how to do it. What makes you think Fiametta was going to do it in one? So, you know, I think in some ways the writing was on the wall from the time they drafted Fiametta, but at the same time, you know, I think Brad proved to us last year that he's just a lot better at that job than the other guy was. He just happens to make about seven hundred grand a year extra, which, you know, made him an endangered species around here. And then we go from the the, the 09 off season where, you know, the team worked extra hard and brought back, what, 20 of 22 starters this year, we're not bringing back anybody from the starting defensive line, plus we lose Niall Diggs. I can see the, the Damian Lewis cut if you're talking about money because there was a lot of money about to be wrapped up in him. Some of that they're still going to wind up paying anyway. There are usually hits on those contracts as it is, but Tyler Brayton wasn't brought back. He's already out shopping and will probably be signed sometime this week, I would imagine. Niall Diggs, that was a shock to me. I mean, it seems that and when Chris Harris makes a statement like he did on Twitter, yeah, maybe if he did speak up, he could be the next to go because it seems to me that they're, I mean, you mentioned the word purge. Yeah, I mean, and this this seems to be, uh, we had all that, the, you know, we had the weakness at defensive tackle. Who's going to man these spots? I mean, maybe young guys, yeah, Tank Tyler possibly, but nobody really proved anything last year outside of Damian Lewis. I, well, I don't get you it. Know, defensive tackles weren't healthy to prove anything. I mean, you know, for the two games he was in there, Leonard or uh, Lewis Leonard looked okay. You know, for a little bit he was in there, Tank Tyler looked okay. But I, I think it's just hard. You know, those two are, are the ones I'd be as worried about it as anything. And, and I asked Damien when I talked to him last week when the news was popping out, you know, I asked Damien flat out, I said, do you think they're going to try to re-sign you later for less? And he said, they didn't say anything about it, so I doubt it. Yeah, and usually if a team cuts a guy for salary cap reasons, you know, or for salary reasons now in this climate, you know, they'll say, hey, let's see how things go. We'll try to bring you back if we can. But there was never even any mention of that with Damien, you know, from what he told me about his conversations with the Panthers. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this thing goes down. I mean, if you look at them, you know, set the quarterback thing to the side. Because, you know, it seemed obvious from the end of last year that they developed a lot more confidence in Matt Moore than they ever had going into that season. So, you know, set that one to the side. Out of all those moves, yes, they've got younger replacements on the roster already, but I don't, other than maybe the linebackers, I don't know where you can even argue that they're better. I mean, Nile Diggs, I think, is criminally underrated. I, I think he's an example of just a good, solid, professional football player. And they didn't have near enough of those last year. You know, but 
is it that big a drop off from him to James Anderson and Dan Connor? You know, maybe not. I think it's a lot bigger drop off from you know Damian and the veterans they had on the defensive line last year to this year's defensive line. So you know, again, that's obviously going to be a big emphasis. You know, I would ordinarily say free agency, but I don't think there are free agents out there to make a difference, you know, or or to make that big an impact on this defensive line. So you say in the draft and then post-draft with the rookie free agents they'll sign. It's just a a very unusual time right now for the Carolina Panthers. Well, and you know, the fans, I, I assure you, this is not the most popular opinion to be holding at, at this time, especially the way Jake looked last year. But this is, and and maybe, just maybe, Jake says, you know, hey, I don't hold any ill will toward the team. I'm fine. You know, I, I don't have any problems with how they handled this. But I think anybody that was, you know, told, okay, um, by the way, you know, you're you're gone. You're fired. We don't need you anymore. Yeah, after you've <laughs> you've put in seven, eight, nine good years with an employer, and they just say, you know, unceremoniously goodbye. I mean, it seems to me the way they handled this, there was a rumor that you know they were asking Jake to retire, go out gracefully, Jake. You know, just just step aside, and we'll move on to Matt Moore. And plus, we you know if you do decide to keep playing, we you know we don't want you on the roster as a you know, we don't want you to be here as a distraction. So, sure. I mean, the way they handled this, do you see this? I mean, I know Jake says what he says publicly, but it seems to me that it was just handled poorly, very poorly. Well, I think this is one of those situations when you decide to cut the most decorated, most successful quarterback in your franchise's history, when's a good time? What's a good way? I mean, that, those are the tough questions to answer because – there's not a good way. I mean, I, I think if you go into next year, Matt Moore's your starting quarterback, and Matt goes out and has a game in the opener the time Jake had in the opener this year, then everybody's going to say, uh-oh, here comes DeLome. You know, Fox loves DeLome. He's going to pull the trigger. Well, that's not good for the development of Matt Moore. You know, at the same time, if you let Jake, if you go in with the standpoint of, all right, Jake, we're going to give you one more chance to fix it, if Jake goes out and throws an interception in the opener, then everybody's going to say, when are they going to put Matt Moore in? And that's no good for Jake. So it's really kind of a lose-lose situation. They just decided, you know, and Marty talked about this a lot during the press conference the other day. He said, when you make the decision of the direction you want to go, you almost have to make yourself make a move. Because, listen, for sentimental reasons, you know, Cutting Jake DeLome was a huge surprise. I mean, these guys, I don't think it's too strong a word to use. They love Jake DeLome. I mean, he got them to a Super Bowl. He got them to two NFC championship games. And he was a guy they went out and found in the bargain bin. So there was an added measure of pride in what they felt toward the guy. So, I mean, I think it's obvious that, you know, there was a lot of emotion tied up in this, too. And, and, and that they cut him, I think, shows that they have just committed to going into a brand-new direction. Okay, we're going apparently through what could be the biggest uh, over thirty purge we've ever seen in the team's history, and we, you know, we've lost guys like Hoover and and Jake, among others. Well, now there's the story that the team may or may not bring in Marquez Douglas, um, the Jets' defensive end, for a visit. Well, he's over thirty. It seems to me like he doesn't fit. How, well, is, you know, there, there's going to have to be, and I had this, you know, when I was talking to Damian last week and asking him if they were talking about bringing him back later, you know, the thing I said to him was they're either going to have to have you or somebody like you. If you're going to have all these kids playing, 
there's got to be an old head in that room. There's got to be somebody who's been in the league a little bit just to say, here's what you can expect. Here's what they're trying to do. I mean, that's what the Carolina Panthers don't have right now is that kind of veteran ballast on this team. You know, Julius Peppers and Mike Rucker and Chris Jenkins benefited from having Brenton Buckner in the middle of the line calling out protections and saying, hey, here's what they want to do here. This roster doesn't have that. I mean, that's what essentially Damian was doing for the revolving door cast next to him last year. I mean, Damian was that wise old man in the middle, and and they just don't have one of those guys anymore. It's uh, and they're going to have to put one in. I mean, Marcus Douglas is a he's a smart guy. I mean, he's very well regarded around the league. You know, he is basically like a Tyler Brayton replacement. You know, if he ends up here, because. He's a smart guy. He can play. He's good against the run from the end position and then could slide inside and rush on third downs uh, if need be. I mean, it's just it's just a matter of finding those guys because if the Carolina Panthers go out and sign veteran guys like that, it's going to be later and it's going to be for cheap. And he's got enough other interests that I think it's almost doubtful that he ends up here just because somebody's going to offer him more money. Well, we're working without a salary cap, and a lot of people are not looking at that part of it. You know that you don't have, you don't have a, a, a maximum up here. This is the most you can spend. You also don't have a minimum. So I'll throw you this agree or disagree statement because I'm, I'm smelling collusion here. This is just me, but this is just the beginning. There's your statement: agree or disagree. This is just the beginning, and the team will be below the original salary cap minimum in 2010. Oh, I think they're absolutely going to be below. I think it's going to be a matter of whether they're dramatically below or ridiculously below. I mean, I just think, as it stands right now, there's no way they're getting to the $127 million the cap was last year with what they've got on hand. Not with the purge the other day. When you take Jake and those other veterans off the books, I mean... That's just, you know, there's no way they're getting $127 million unless they're serious about what Marty said a couple of times, and that's reinvesting in other guys. If you give Thomas Davis a multi-year extension, if you give John Beeson, if you do something with D'Angelo or Ryan Khalil, I mean, then those numbers are going to creep up there and at least get in the neighborhood. But as it stands right now, I don't think there's any way they approach that. Well, and if we're going to flirt with that, you know, with that salary floor and go below the minimum, then the next statement, I guess, we'll see if you agree or disagree with this. <laughs> this is painful to say. The Carolina Panthers are on their way to becoming the Florida Marlins of the NFL. Well, I tell you what, that we almost have to wait and see before they can make that declaration. And I know people are frustrated with what's going on so far. But again, we're not going to know that until we see how they handle Thomas Davis, John Beeson, Ryan Khalil, etc. I mean, if they're true to word and reinvest in those guys, then the answer to that question is no. If they let those guys slide, if they trade D'Angelo because he's in the last year of a contract so they don't have to pay him, well, then maybe. I mean, I, I just think that remains to be seen. So, you know, we'll see how that one goes. I've got to I've got to take a pass on that one for the moment. <laughs> yeah, let's hope we can all take a pass on that one because I'd, I'd hate to be cheap and young all the time. And Well, it, it's okay if you're good and young. And, and that's yeah. the thing about it. I mean, the Carolina Panthers, as presently constructed, ought to be able to score some points. I mean, they've still got a very good offensive line. 
locked up under contract and coming back. And actually deeper than any of us imagined going into last year. They've still got probably two of the ten best running backs in the NFL. They've still got Steve Smith. If Matt Moore continues to play the way he did in December, then they've got a quarterback who can move them up and down the field. So, you know, offensively at least, you know, they've got a good chance to be competitive. It's just what's left on defense that I would be worried about. Yeah, we don't want to be the Marlins. We don't want to be the Pirates. I think we've maybe maybe things will change in the next few weeks. Let's hope maybe so. Maybe you're the Cincinnati Reds. Maybe, you know. Yeah. And I don't say that for any particular reason, like I've been cheering for the Reds since I was a kid. But, you know, I mean, that's the thing. You've got to go yeah. through some degree of retooling, and that's where they are. I mean, it's, it's a hard decision to make to go young. And, I mean, the easy thing to do is to behave like the Redskins always have and say, okay, we need a cornerback. Let's go get Deion Sanders. We need a defensive end. Let's go sign Bruce Smith. You know, that's an easy transaction to make. It's easy to do what the Chicago Bears did and throw money at a problem. What's hard and what takes a lot of discipline is to take the path they're taking. And, you know, jobs are on the line for sure, but I I don't doubt their resolve in going this way. I'm just wondering about the results. Yeah, and I guess that's a topic. I'm sure that's one for, that's a good 10 minutes right there. And the warm, (laughs) lovely reception that Julius Peppers will receive when he comes back to Charlotte as a as a bear next year that that's not going to be pretty so we'll just have to see how that one goes but Darren as always we appreciate you being with us I know it's an extremely busy time and uh well you know we we appreciate the information that you can pass along to us and and they're not finished yet so lord knows what else has happened by the time we get this one up there John yeah if you're around 30 you might want to be looking for the red tag in your locker yeah no question all right buddy Thanks a lot, Darren. I appreciate it. Got it, John. Summerall, Madden, Costas, Michaels, Enberg, White. Yeah, right. (laughs) Who writes this stuff? CCR will return. Excuse me, do you know how to get to Maine and Maple? How's that cook? How do you change the ringtone? How much does this cost? Does this bus stop at Elm Street? We ask questions everywhere in life, except... Any questions? Um, no. At the doctor's office, ask questions. What is this test for? Are there any side effects? Questions lead to better health care. Go to ahrq.gov for a list of 10 questions everyone should know. Questions are the answer. Public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. No matter the time or day, the CCR hotline is there for you at 206-350-9673. Let off some steam. Speak your mind about the team. The number is 206-350-9673. Now, more Cat Crave Radio. Our guest now is Matt Moore. Matt, sounds like you got some great news this week. Congratulations, and uh, <laughs> welcome back to the show. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, thanks for having me back. It's uh, good news, and uh, we're just, you know, uh, really happy about it and, and looking forward to, uh, you know, start working again. Now, as we record this, we are on Thursday. We're right at the beginning. You're sort of on the, you're right at the edge of the beginning of free agency. And I know that those tenders a lot of times, uh, when a team says, we're going to tender you at roughly three million or a little over three and a first and a third round pick if another team were to sign you, sometimes those don't get signed right away and you've got a little time where, you know, you may want to listen to other offers. Are you currently 
Are you listening to what other teams are saying, or will you be listening to them? Um, yeah, I think briefly, yeah. I mean, we're going to... Um you know, we, there's some there's still stuff that we got to iron out ourselves. So you know, I think during that time we'll kind of uh, kind of keep our ear to the ground here and see what's going on. And um, you know, and that's what you know, my agent and and, and the team of people that that are working for me uh, through the agency. That's what they're doing, and uh, they're doing a great job. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of I'm I'm very excited about what happened, and and, and just kind of laying low right now. Um, if stuff were to kind of brew up here and and some action goes on then then so be it but if not uh you know i'm I'm happy to be in carolina it definitely sounded like before when you and i talked a few weeks ago and and i talked to you know to your agent today or one of your your reps today and it sounds like that you know after this offer and after the the tender was made it sounded like there was some relief for you i mean is this is this more of a relief thing, or is it more like, you know, hey guys, thanks, I appreciate that. That's a major vote of confidence. I mean, how are you? What's or what are your feelings toward how the team is now approaching your uh, your free agency? Well, I think you know, relief. I don't know, maybe a little, but just just excited, you know, for them to do that. Uh, you know, obviously shows um, interest. You know what I mean? And and uh, I think it's them telling me that, that they want me there and. Uh, you know, obviously that obviously I want to be there, and so um, I, I'm just I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm you know it's just it's one of those things. That, you know, I didn't know how this whole thing was going to play out. This is the first for me being in this situation. So um, you know, when we got the news, we were just we were excited and ready to go and uh, kind of take it from there. You know, and, and everything else that comes in the future, like I said, I really don't know how that's going to work, but um, we're gonna. And we also talked before, too, about, you know, potential competition between you and Jake where things may be opened up a little more, uh, you know, late this summer when you guys get into training camp. But after a team says, okay, you know, there, I mean, there's a certain number of, there's a, a dollar amount always attached to these uh, these restricted tender offers. But there's there's also that one other thing in there. It's, you know, here's what we would receive as comp- compensation if you did sign elsewhere and you know in your situation it's a first and a third so I mean does that do you consider that to be a message from the organization that hey we really want to keep you around and that when you get back here in mini camp and in training camp that look you've got a shot at this thing do you do you see it that way or do you just consider that to be part of the business well no I see it I see it as um as that they want me around you know and and uh business is, is always Kind of, kind of the silver lining and everything that that goes on. That's just the nature of the game. But uh, yeah, I definitely take it as them, you know, wanting me to be around. And, and you know, by by them putting that tender on me, it makes it tough. I think for other teams to to approach uh, the situation. So um, I take it as a, as a major positive. And, and like I said, me and, and my whole team, my agents, and everybody, we're, we're very happy and and. Uh, you know, it's just a it's a good thing. So, well, you've got to be feeling real good. I mean, you you went from I mean, undrafted to Dallas to suddenly in Carolina, and here you are getting a I mean, a pretty high value placed on you. I mean, you know, I guess it'd be hard for one of you know anybody outside of the game if we if you've never played the game or you you haven't been through the situation. I mean, 
somebody like myself, I mean, I've you know I've never seen it a situation like this or experienced it. I mean, I guess the I guess that maybe there's not a question here. Maybe it's just I'm wondering if you you know what you're feeling. I mean, are the emotions just do you feel as if you just need to take some time to kind of clear your head, maybe kind of calm yourself down before you do anything? Or, I mean, what exactly are you feeling, and do you think it'll take you time? Yeah. Well, the emotions are sky high. Obviously, yesterday, or, you know, we got the news or whatever, and uh, it was yesterday was kind of a trip, you know. It was just we were so excited and happy, and because and, uh, this is a... This is a uh, you know, something you work for, and, and to be rewarded um, with what Carolina has, has offered, um, you know, that's something you think about, not that that's the only thing, but that's something you think about when, you know, when you're a little kid, and, uh, you know, for that all to kind of come to a point yesterday, and um, it happened, and, and for them to offer what they offered, uh, like I said, I mean, I'm, I'm just ecstatic about it, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, we'll probably take a little bit of time, not long. Um, to, to kind of iron all this stuff out, not long at all. I promise you that. And uh, and then, like I said, move forward. But happy, gonna kind of chill out and, and take it as it is, and then uh, and then get things going. I might be bringing up something here. Maybe even this this could be something that I don't know. Maybe this isn't the topic to bring up necessarily, but I mean because it is a business, and because sure. you know people are always you know you've. Maybe the grass is greener on the other side. Possibly you'd look at it that way. But at the same time, if this hadn't been done, let's say that um, it had been a, a lower tender offer. I mean, do you feel as if because there are very few free agents available on the market now, guys that are just not out looking for work with other teams, do you not feel as if you would have had more leverage? I mean, that you would have had teams coming to you that, you know, I mean, you might have been a hot commodity had this not been, you know, a first and a third or the tier five uh, tender, right? I don't know. I I, um, I don't know. You know, I think, uh, but possibly, maybe. I mean, it, it all depends on what other teams need and, and how bad they need it, and you know what their quarterback situation was. I mean, who knows? Um, possibly, but um, you know, it's it's not a bad thing the way it ended up. You know, I mean, you talk about leverage with, with other teams, you know, coming calling and all that. That would have been great, but at the same time, this is this is better. You know what I mean? And this is uh, this is the way uh, it's supposed to be, I believe. And and uh, you know, so I don't really uh, kind of think what if or, or the grass is greener. Who knows? I don't even uh, I, I don't need to know if it's greener on the other side. So it's good. Well, we're definitely glad that they. I, I'm I personally, I can say I'm happy that they put this. You know, they put this paperwork out there. I mean. I think you were, you know, one of the two, and I think they proved that you're one of the two priorities for the team this off season. You know, to to keep you around, and I, I can say that honestly, I'm speaking for a lot of Panthers fans. We're glad that, you know, at this point, we're a little more secure in keeping you here, and and glad to know that, uh, you know, that you're excited about staying as well, and um, we wish you the best of luck. Yeah, well, thank you very much. I appreciate everything. All right, thanks again, Matt. All right. I want to thank Nick Yeoman for being such a big part of the show. You know, Nick, the show would just not be the same without your awesomeness. Don't forget to check out Nick's Panthers videos on YouTube by searching for Big Nick 2700. My thanks to Darren Gant for taking part in the program this week. Check out Darren's work online and in print in both the Charlotte Observer and the Rock Hill Herald. 
And many thanks to Matt Moore for taking time to speak to us after getting his great news last week. And be sure to subscribe to our newsletter. Go to catcraveradio.com. Click on the newsletter link at the top of the page. There you'll be able to fill out the quick and easy form, and you'll be subscribed. It is that easy. We'll keep you up to date on all the show guests, basically everything we've got going on, as well as team news. Again, go to catcraveradio.com, click the newsletter link at the top of the page, and fill out the form. And that's it. Hey, don't forget you can subscribe to our show on iTunes. While you're there, be sure to leave us a review, please. And follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash catcraveradio. Give us a follow. Yes, we promise. We will follow you back. And feel free anytime to give us a call. You can call us on the CCR hotline at 206-350-9673. There you can leave a message. We want to hear your opinions, and yes, we will play them back here on the show. Again, the CCR hotline number is 206-350-9673. I'm John White. Thanks again for listening. We hope to be back inside of your listening device once again next week with another edition of Cat Crave Radio. Thanks again for listening to Cat Crave Radio, a proud member of the Fan Sided Network. Check out catcraveradio.com for our complete archive of interviews, commentary, and analysis. The CCR crew will gather again next week to bring you another fresh episode. All material, copyright 2010, Cat Crave Radio. Stand and cheer for the Panthers in our grand old day. Nothing could be finer than to be in Carolina for a Panther football game.